When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. This is the D-Rays Bay Playoff Podcast Series live from the parking lot of Tropicana Field. A little bit of a bonus episode for you guys. You guys have probably already listened to Danny, Darby, and Bree do the uh, ALDS Game 1 Instant Reaction. Well, we've got a bonus episode. I was in attendance tonight at the Trop, and I've got a very special guest. He's making his debut on the D-Rays Bay Podcast Network. It's my dad, Scott Rutherford. Dad, what's up? How's it going, Brett? That was awesome. Yeah, this is our first. I mean, I don't think either of us have been to a playoff game since 2008, so it's Cor- been 13 Cor- years. Correct. Um, and I, I mean, it, the let, let's 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 talk about attendance first. Twenty-seven thousand and change. I think probably a little disappointing. Yeah, it was disappointing, but looking at empty seat, some empty seats in the upper deck, but the energy in the stadium felt full. It, it was alive. Um, partially or mostly because of Randy Rosarena, but it was it, it, it lit up the park. <laughs> it, w- it would have felt a lot more empty if the game had gone the other way tonight. I think um, absolutely. Uh, and uh, I don't like talking about attendance during the season, but that was you know I, I don't think there's really many excuses in a postseason game when your team wins 100 games. I know it was eight o'clock on a Thursday night. I know that times weren't released until a couple days before. Um, but these aren't things that other markets have to deal with, so I, I don't think there's really any excuses. With that being said, I expect I won't be there tomorrow, but I expect uh, a, a lot bigger crowd and maybe even a full sellout tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, and I'll say this too: the one thing that I noticed this year, as opposed to the previous years, there were a lot more Rays fans than Red Sox fans. Yeah, the the Red Sox really had a small contingent of fans in the stadium tonight. I mean, they were there. Um, obviously, they didn't have any opportunities to make noise, but they were there <laughs> in small numbers, and that's I guess a step forward for the Rays. However, yes, I would like to have seen those, those seats full. And, it was, and a lot of them were up in the upper deck where they were still charging 50 bucks. And I didn't even know this, but when they pull the tarps back and you're sitting up near those bleacher seats in the third le- 300 level, that, that's an obstructed view. The catwalk blocks off a good chunk of the field. You can still see the mound, the home play, and then the outfield. Uh, but, you know, 50 bucks, yeah, I might, you know, go, you know, we're big fans. We might go, but it, it might not be as appealing to other people when you got, you know, great TV coverage. And I remember those seats from uh, the inaugural game at, at the Trop, we sat way, me and my father and uh, my brother and sister sat way up in the rafters and we had the obstructed view from the catwalks. Um, so it's not great, but you're still getting to see a ball game. And, and that was exciting back then and it was exciting today. Going back to the Red Sox fans, I mean, there are some regular season games, not really this year, but in years past, where like the Let's Go Red Sox chance would drown out the Let's Go Rays chance. And like I didn't hear one tonight. Like you said, it was, it was the Rays fans were really outnumbering. Well, and, and it didn't hurt. Like I said, it didn't hurt that we jumped out to a nice lead early in the game. I think it was two nothing after one. Yeah. Um, and that and that absolutely quieted them down a little bit. They weren't really allowed to begin with, but it was really a loud crowd during the introductions of the team. Um, and throughout, you know, the first couple of innings, and then the Red Sox fans had nothing really to cheer about. We had our, our yellow uh, rally towels, which I've never had one of these before. I don't think they gave them out in two thousand eight. Um, no, and they're similar colors to the old Steelers. They are. They uh, look like terrible, terrible towels. towels. Yeah, they do. We were waving those around. 
Uh, and, and, and honestly, you know, I thought this, I, this is obviously the biggest crowd that the Tropicana Fields had to deal with this year. I thought getting in and out of the stadium went pretty smoothly. Concessions, there weren't crazy long lines. And again, part of that's because it wasn't a full sellout. Um, but I was a little worried, you know, you don't know how they're going to staff it. And uh, you, you, there are, I was a little bit worried about what the in-game experience was going to be like uh, getting in and out, doing concessions, bathrooms, this and that. Yeah, and then we sat we sat in the second level, the media level. That's the best. Um, and in the, the lower level, we walked through, and there weren't terrible long lines down there. And that's where the majority of the crowd was. It was pretty full in the lower level. Well, let's let's jump into the game. And before we talk about the offense and a couple of stars tonight, Wander and, and Randy, uh, you know, really the biggest star, and I think his performance, uh, you know, might be not forgotten, but pushed to the side after Randy Rosarena's night. But Shane McClanahan on the mound, game one, uh, made his debut last year in the postseason, and made his first postseason start tonight, um, had zero MLB starts before the 2021 season. So to give him the ball in game one, I know he's been the guy after Tyler Glass now has gone down. He's definitely deserved it. But that's a big vote of confidence for a guy like Shane McClanahan. First inning, you could tell that he was really, you know, he, he was amped, but in, in, a, in a way where he could control his stuff. He blew 100 by, was that Rafael Devers in the first yep. inning? 100 to strike him out the third out of that inning. What did you think of his performance? I think McClanahan, no matter what you say about a guy and his poise, and hopefully we see it again tomorrow night with Shane Boz, but Shane McClanahan's night um, showed poise of a veteran. Um, he did, the, you know, in a first inning, a lot of times these young kids will get on the mound and they'll leave the ball up. They'll, they'll, they'll miss their spots. And I didn't feel that he did that at all. I didn't feel like he was ever working out, of, you know, having to get out of trouble um, at any point. I, I actually thought he could have gone another inning. It made sense to go ahead and get him out at the time. I don't remember what the score was when they pulled him. But I think it was after five. Yeah, he threw five full, shut out, had four strikeouts, uh, and looked really good. And, you know, when you're at the game, you're, you're getting to see who's not warming. They'll show the, on TV who's warming up, but we're seeing who's stretching. We're thinking, is he only going to go four? We're, we're, we had a good view from our seats of Kevin Cash and the bullpen phones. When are they going to get someone up and move in? Uh, because, I won't, you know, on one hand, you want to see Shane go as long as he can, but it's game one of what's hopefully going to be a long postseason where you want to preserve the arm and, you know, play the matchups right, especially against this talented Boston lineup. But I was happy to see him go five. Yeah, no, and I, I, I'm excited about what the future is. We go deeper into these playoffs, and I do believe we'll go very deep into the playoffs um, where Shane McClanahan sits because, you know, he's, I guess the only word to use right now, he's our ace as of this moment. And he pitched like it. Absolutely. You know, because we talk about, you know, I think sometimes the, the term ace is overused. It's thrown on whoever's the number one starter for a team. But not every team has an ace. And McClanahan's been very good, but I wouldn't, you know, throughout the regular season, I don't know if I give him that ace tag quite yet, but he pitched like an ace tonight. And really, you know, the whole bullpen pitched great too. They threw four shutout behind him. Uh, the only one that got in a little bit of trouble was J.P. Fireisen. And the only reason he was in the game is because the Rays were able to, to build a, a big lead. And that started in the first inning. Uh, Wander Franco, uh, he, uh, Brandon Lau, he walks, and, or Randy Rosarena, sorry. Uh, and then Wander Franco was able to double him in. It was bobbled by center fielder Kike Hernandez. But I don't think they gave an error on that. Did they, they didn't, no. That was an RBI double for Wander Franco. And he ended up getting another double later in that game. And it's it's crazy. We've got Randy Rosarena, who put up one of the best postseasons, maybe the best postseason from an offensive player ever last year. And he got off to a hot start again. But he might have competition for who's going to be the, the guy that carries this team through October because Wander Franco, once again, just looked so comfortable, so ready to compete at the plate tonight. Yeah, I mean, Randy brings a level of excitement. Not that Wander doesn't, but the fans were reacting to and interacting with Rosarina out in left field um, after he stole home, after his uh, after he scored. 
uh, after his home run, you know, he, he was, he was igniting the crowd. And I think Wander has some of that in him too. Tonight was a Rosarena's night. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if another night it's, it's Wander Franco's night. Uh, well, I think this team, and I saw it with Randy after his home run, when he took the field the next inning, he hit the Randy chance going around the stadium. He's, you know, waving to the crowd and these guys, these, they seen this group of guys right now built for these moments, these games in October. And I'm sure you could say that about a lot of successful teams, but you've got guys like Randy Rosarena, Wander Franco, Brett Phillips, who's not even on the roster for the series. They're walking around like pro wrestlers and just feeding off the crowd. And you could really feel it. Like I said, it was only 27,000 and change, but those moments, it really felt like the crowd was getting into it and the players were feeding off of it. All right. So uh, we're, we're back still recording. Uh, we forgot really dive into what was the most exciting play of the night, more exciting than any of the home runs, more exciting than Shane McClanahan. We didn't talk about Randy Rosarena's steal of home. Yeah, um, I guess I'm a little shocked that we, we missed that uh, biggest play, most exciting play of the night. Um, but I guess our excitement of the win and the, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and, and how it all went down. Uh, I have my age to blame. You're young and I don't know how you forgot, but well, uh, so breaking that that moment down, it really started once he got to first base. The guy sitting next to us said, oh, I think he's going to try to swipe second. It made all the sense in the world. There were two outs. You had Wander Franco up. You had a five-run lead or four-run lead at this point. If Randy gets you know thrown out stealing second, trying to steal second, you got Wander Franco leading off the next inning. All is fine and good. Uh, he well, did try to steal it. Well, they threw, they threw over two or three times. Yeah. That was um, before they switched pitchers. There was that, still a righty in at this point. Then he did make the attempt and wandered, fouled it off. So he would have easily added. It was um, a perfect jump. Right. And then the next pitch, he didn't go. Um, and then um, followed that up. I don't know. Uh, Wander is doubled. And so he Wander had second and third. Second and third. So, so as fans, we were sitting on the third base side. And we could see that uh, Devers was playing way off the bag. Right. Um, Randy was kind of having fun. And it actually looked like he was jawing with Devers a little bit. Um, and then um, um, Wander was Franco was also it appeared drawing you know just some general talk. Randy kept taking huge leads. Devers would sneak back sneak back over towards third. He'd move back. Um, I don't remember the pitch sequence. How many pitches were thrown? Well, it was quite. Josh Taylor stepped off once or twice. Right. He was looking over every time, and it was mostly just. I think the thought kind of crossed our minds that he might try to take home, but we didn't think it was actually going to happen. It just felt like everybody was trying to keep everyone honest. Rafael Devers had to keep, you know, stay close to third. Randy would go back to third once uh, Taylor became came set. Uh, there were two outs. You don't want to get out on the base pass, uh, but it was very clear that, you know, it, it, at that point, it was like, this is exciting. It's fun to watch, but it didn't really feel like he was going to steal home. Well, he also timed it because the, the pitch that he went home on, um, and I didn't watch the previous pitches, but I'm assuming he picked up on it. Um, he turned, the pitcher turned and, and, and looked at second base for it extended period of time where Franco was. And I think he had done that a couple pitches in a row. And I think Randy just said, hey, if he turns his head and he's going to sit there and stare at Wander, I'm going to take home. And that was, I think, more than any of the home runs, that was the biggest pop of the night, the biggest crowd pop oh, of the night. Yeah. I mean, there was nothing more exciting than a, than a steal of home. I had never seen one live at you. No, so that was the first one I've ever seen live. Uh, it does take me back to last year when uh, Margot yeah. attempted it, um, which was – and you were real excited that they had tried it, but I think this was a 100% Randy Reed. I don't think he was sent. I don't think Linares even mentioned it to him. I think he read it, timed it, and said, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And he was hot. 
you know, when you're hot, good things are happening. You just keep going. And I, and that's what I'm talking. And, and I mentioned it the, the first time we tried recording this. Uh, I mentioned it. You know, the, again, that next inning, the crowd is going nuts, and Randy is just feeding off of it. And that's how you get those moments like that in in the postseason. They don't, these things don't happen in June. Right. You know, the, the moments like that where it really felt like the crowd played a role in that, and, and, and the, the, the mindset that Randy was in for this game in this series against the Red Sox really played into that moment. A 100%. But it, and it was later in the game, but it was so energizing. It's like, yeah, the that. game was already, you know, it was not a reach. We don't say it was out of reach. Right. But to make it 5 nothing, it didn't matter what the score was. If that was the ninth run of the game, it didn't matter. It's right. still, that moment was still so electric. And, yeah, I guess, you know, first time recording, we just uh, forgot to mention it, so we had to come back. Yeah, well, we just needed something to do on the drive. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're back. going over the Skyway soon here now. So, all right, well. Uh, Back to back to regularly scheduled programming. Uh, the podcast we recorded about twenty minutes ago. Well, during the introductions before the game, the loudest pop that I picked up on was when they put the camera on Brett Phillips and he made a face at the camera to the crowd, <laughs> and the crowd went nuts. And like you said, he's not even on the roster, so there's an energy that these young guys are bringing, and they're feeding off the fans as much as the fans are feeding off of what they're doing on the field. Yeah, that's why I'm really excited for, for game two tomorrow, where I do expect maybe even a full sellout. We're not going to be there, but uh, it'll be, you know, I'm sure you'll be able to feel it uh, through, through the TV as well. Um, the, other, the other one, Nelson Cruz hits one off the C-ring. I mean, <laughs> Nelson Cruz, a guy that the offensive numbers aren't what you expected since the Rays have picked him up. But we know the impact he's had in the clubhouse, in the dugout, in the lineup. To see him get that home run tonight and... You know, I'm not, you know, the Rays don't need him to be the Nelson Cruz of old or the last couple of years to carry them through the playoffs. But to get that home run, it felt like a really nice insurance run. And to get him off the mark in ALDS game one was a really good sign. Well, in, in all honesty, I think it sort of robbed Nelson Cruz and the crowd of how big of a home run that was because the entire crowd was watching a <laughs> towering fly ball and it landed 35 feet in front of yeah. the, the outfielders. So I think that sort of nobody really knew how to react at the moment, only that um, until they realized it was a home run and he was running the bases. And the Red Sox, there were five of them pointing up at the sky, talking to the umpires. They didn't, they didn't understand it, but it was, it was huge for him to have that. And, and again, even if the crowd didn't pick up on it initially when it happened, they eventually found out it was a bomb. Yeah, it was a moonshot. I saw someone on Twitter say that it wouldn't have even landed in any outdoor stadium. Um, and, <laughs> Still and, going. Yeah, you had to have a game, big national TV game. You know it's going to hit the catwalk. So it's going to happen at some point. It seemed like a lot of balls were hit way up into the dome. You know, to the point where all the Red Sox players were able to come down with, with their catches. But then late in the game, and really a, a big situation, the Rays are up 5 nothing at this point. But the Red Sox have two men on, and I think one out at this point. Yep. And a ball drops in between Brandon Lyle, Wander Franco, Randy Rosarena, and Kevin Kiermeyer. A ball that they just lost. I don't I don't really think there's anything more well, I to think, think about that, though. And, and watching that, that was a towering shot. And I, KK lost it. Kiermeyer lost the ball. I don't think any of the others realized that he lost it. He put his hands out, and I think he was trying to tell everybody he lost it. Um, but at that point, I don't think there was a chance of any of those other th three or four guys getting to the ball. Um, and it's rare that that happens to a race player. Um, so I'm going to write that off as not – not. I don't know if they're going to score. I guess that scored an error or, or No, or I don't not. think so. If nobody played on it. But if it's not, if it's not an error, I'm going to play it off as just a fluke. Um, yes, it could have been a monster, monster problem um, had, had uh, Virus not gotten out of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I don't write that off as like a, K, a KK mistake or someone you need to concern about. It was just one of those fluke 
plays, and we've seen it a thousand times, but usually it's the opponent that does it. Yeah, it's usually never KK. And uh, Fire Eisen getting two innings out of him in a game where, you know, he had the bases loaded and he had to work himself out of that. They had Pete Fairbanks warming a couple of times. McHugh got up once. But Fairbanks, McHugh, Waka, Kittredge, Patino, all those guys got to stay in the bullpen tonight. How big is that moving forward? Oh, that's that's huge. I mean, you, for, well, let's go back to Fire Eisen. He got into some big, big, big trouble with a little bit of help of, of, of that fly ball that wasn't caught. But the hum around where we were sitting was, how long are they going to let this guy go? He's getting us in trouble. Yeah. The Rays had guys up in the bullpen. It looked like they were ready to go to Fairbanks, it looked like. Yeah. Um, he got out of that, but I guess I was still shocked when he came out for the ninth. But it made sense. It made sense. You're up by five still. You didn't get in trouble. One, it doesn't hurt him to get to work. No. But two, it saved the the guys you just mentioned. And, and we were watching it. You know, apparently, it got you know, maybe squeezed on a couple of strike calls. We, we couldn't see it from, from our seats, obviously. Um, but, you know, I didn't think he pitched terribly. He wasn't getting lit up. Uh, there was a lot of hard-hit balls tonight on both sides, and I think the, the Red Sox maybe ran into some some bad BABIP luck. But, but ultimately, I think the race pitchers did a really good job. I thought Kevin Cash managed a great game. Uh, you know, Alex Cora, I thought it was it was bold to pull Eduardo Rodriguez after two innings. I don't know if there was maybe another issue there. It didn't look like he had his command. Maybe, you know, maybe there was an underlying injury there. Maybe that's why he pulled him. But to go to the bullpen, and I know they've got a lot of guys that can get length out of in the bullpen, like Garrett Richards and Nick Pavetta, who I thought pitched well tonight. That was bold, and that's gonna that might put his team, you know, a foot back going into Game Two tomorrow night. Well, if tomorrow night doesn't work out the way he's he's hoping, um, he may burn up some more bullpen and early. Um, and it's something, you know, a coach doesn't, a manager doesn't want to do. But at the time that he pulled him, I think he still felt there was an opportunity to come back in the game. It wasn't a blowout. And the, it was 3-0. Yeah, 3-0. Uh, yeah. um, so don't let, you know, if Rodriguez wasn't feeling it, wasn't looking the part, you get him out, you, you battle back. But I think they also showed later in the game they weren't going to their able pin um, right. as the race lead extended. And to me, the race, Kevin Cash would do the exact same management. Yeah, they were, they were still hitting the ball hard. And the other thing is, this is a, you know, it's a series, but it's a five-game series. Right. You know, the Rays only need two more to, to, to clinch this and move on to the ALCS. Um, so you've got to, you can't treat it like a winner-take-all, but you're not far off from an elimination game if you're, you know, you're one game away from potentially being an elimination game if you're Alex Gore and the Red Sox. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, r- wrapping this, this bonus podcast up, we had, a, you know, was it Stephen King we think we saw in our section? Pretty sure Red I Sox saw Stephen King. Yeah, if he was right here, that was Sarasota. him. If he wasn't here, it definitely wasn't him. Well, I was thinking, I don't think he can he can write anything scarier than this this Rays lineup. <laughs> no, absolutely, and and it, we, he's been seen at the Tropicana Field many many times over the years. Um, I personally, you know, he, he I don't I'm a little older than you, Brett, so I know a lot of his old <laughs> books and movies. Um, but he is a legend in Boston, and he does live here in Florida, so he's found it a lot of these games. Well, I'm glad we got to send him home uh, sad as well, absolutely, did, uh, as well as the rest of the Red Sox fans that were there. Uh, that's going to you know wrap it up for this 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 bonus podcast. Uh, you know, yeah. Once again, if you haven't listened already, Danny uh, Darby and Bree Gonzalez from Raise the Roof, they did the uh, official ALDS game one instant reaction. But we're here in the parking lot. We're still waiting for some cars to file out before we head home. Uh, it was a really really great night at the truck. Yeah, I loved it. It was it was back to an atmosphere that I haven't seen in a while. I've been to a couple games this year. Uh, but this back in playoff atmosphere, and obviously, if you win, it feels a lot better when you leave the park. I was dreading uh, doing this podcast if we came out on the short end of this game. Yeah, and Danny Darby and Bree said that if it was a loss, we were going to be stuck doing the podcast and they weren't going <laughs> to record tonight. Um, but that is going to do it for the, the bonus episode, D Rays Bay Playoff Podcast Series, ALDS Game One. Um, 
make sure to head on over to DRaysBay.com to check out all of the great Rays postseason coverage, including the amazing article written by Ian Malinowski. It was published today about how the Rays use their bullpen. We've done some podcasts on it, uh, but none of us are as smart as Ian, and none of us dug as deep as Ian did on this subject. Uh, and he did a really great job on that, so make sure to go check that out. And if you want every episode of the D-Rays Bay Playoff Podcast Series downloaded directly to your device, make sure to subscribe to our podcast feed. And rating and reviewing our podcast network is the best way to spread what we do to more and more Rays fans. Once again, thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow night after Game 2. 